Hello, everyone. Good evening on this Monday night. Amanda Grace here with you. I'm about to bring my co-host from Loudmouth Prayer, Marty Grishaman. We're doing Grace Out Loud tonight. We're doing a Q&A, so this is probably going to get pretty wild. So get start getting your questions ready, because Marty can see the chat, too. And so let me uh, bring Marty in. Hello to our moderators. Thank you for what you do in our Ark of Grace team. We love you. Hello to everyone watching from all over the United States of America and the world. Here we are. Hello, Marty. Hey, Amanda. How are you today? Good. How are you? Just having a wonderful day. Wonderful day. <laughs> well, I'm going to have you open up in prayer and then we're okay. going to get into the pictures, the caption this and then a special surprise picture that Marty knows I'm going to show and I'll explain what that is. You know, Amanda, I really have in my heart tonight that we just have fun. Okay. Yeah. Yes. We can laugh and we can have fun and mm -hmm. we can make fun of Amanda tonight. No, I'm just joking. Make fun of me all no, you no, want. No. <laughs> no. I just, you know, let's just let's just relax. I mean, there's so much going on. Election this, this and oh, this, I nation know. against nation, famines. Mm -hmm. There's sometimes you just want to have fun. So yes. I think they've got I think they've joined the right people tonight. So praise God. So Father God, we just thank you. Uh, Father, Jesus, you said the kingdom of God <clears throat> is not meat nor drink, although it's dinner time. It's not meat nor drink. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Oh, we well, just thank you for dinner time. But Lord, we thank you that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So, Lord, we thank you just for your presence that every person that watches and joins us tonight, your very presence will settle upon them. It will refresh them. It will cause up, stir up joy within them for the joy of the Lord is their strength. And would you refresh them, Lord, and you'll sit upon them, Lord, and you'll set their hearts and their minds back upon the direction that you've called them to walk, that the distractions of this world, of the weights and the darkness of this world will not clog up their mind. Enjoy joy and peace, they'll rise up and just keep moving forward in the things that you've called them to do. And I thank you for it, Father, in the precious name of Jesus. Praise God. Amen and amen. amen. Okay, we're going to start off as always with caption this, and then we're going to show that the <clears throat> picture after. We have a picture of Cyrus, and I'll explain to everybody who Cyrus was who didn't see uh, or hear on Friday. So I sent Marty a couple pictures, so we'll start with that, and then Marty sent me a picture, which is going to segue into my question. <clears throat> um, <laughs> I have after we show all the pictures. So here's the first one. Here's the first caption this. Yes. Okay. All right. Let me, let me get in the spirit. Has bacon in his hand, by the way. <clears throat> just, just so you what, got what is it? Details. He's got bacon. Oh, wow. Yeah. I just, um, I just feel the animals are saying, I really love you, daddy. <laughs> just like, you know, you have yeah. our attention. Yeah. I don't know. What I, do you get here? I would call it, you're baking me crazy. <laughs> you're killing me, Amanda. You're killing me every time we do this. <sighs> yep. This was snapped the other morning. Chris was having <clears throat> breakfast and Chester and Missy came up because he had bacon and they wanted some bacon. So that's the first one. And then the second one is Molly, our African great parrot. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. So I haven't even looked at, you know, I haven't prepared for this. So, um, oh, my email is making noise. Praise That's the Lord. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hmm. 
Molly want a cracker? That's you get a good it? one. Ah, that's, what I, that's all I got. What do you got? That's you got anything good? I would call it private eyes or watching you. That's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> now, <laughs> Marty's. <laughs> oh, now mine's a real picture, Amanda. Yeah, yours is a real picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> you- <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, am I supposed to call this clucking love? That I like that a lot. I call it love birds. Love birds. That's cute. But, you know, so. And we're going to ask love, Marty about this in a minute. Yeah, we're going to um, ask you about this. Chicks in paradise. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. Two chickens to paradise instead of two tickets. <laughs> there you go. Okay. That was the caption. This, I'm sure some of you are writing your captions in the chat. I also wanted to show you now a picture of Cyrus. So for those of you who didn't hear on Friday, we have a potential new animal coming to the sanctuary. A German shepherd named Cyrus. I'm not kidding you. This is actually his name. And I just find that so brilliant on God's part to send a German shepherd named Cyrus. So Cyrus came today. Uh, with the trainer to uh, because this trainer has been looking for a home for him for a while because he just um, couldn't be her particular service dog. So he came over today and here's the picture of Cyrus. He's enormous, by the way, and he's only 15 months old. He was hanging out in the kitchen. Missy was also there hanging out. So here's Cyrus. What do you think, Marty? I think he's beautiful. I want to hang out with Cyrus. He's got um, such a great personality. Yeah, and miss, he looks he, really sweet. They get along really well. So yeah. uh, that's Cyrus, everyone. I know you were asking me for pictures. We'll get pictures of him and Missy. So he's and, coming over a lot, let's just say, to acclimate him to the cats, the birds, the pig, the sheep, the dogs. The, <laughs> you know, he is a German shepherd, so he is from a working <laughs> line, and they were bred initially to herd. And to protect livestock. So yeah. there you go. There's Cyrus. He's looking very regal right there. And uh, so everyone was asking me for a picture. So we're giving them a picture. Now, Marty. Talk to me. Before we get into the Q&A, I've been asked hmm. by Deb and Aaron Antis to ask you a question. Okay. Now, I, I will hold the, <laughs> the reserve the right to not answer. But go ahead. You do. <clears throat> Tell me about Gumbo's dating life. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because um, you did see that he was two chicks in paradise and they and, and the, he was with um, Princess Andouille, who is here with me now. And so this is Princess Andouille and Gumbo. Uh, so, yes, I, uh, I don't have any hobbies and this is what I do. And I'm weird. <laughs> But no, I didn't have any, you know, so yeah. So they are just dating okay. and it's uh, really, um, I'm monitoring it and making sure it's staying, you know, godly. So, okay. So Intr- well, stay tuned everyone Yeah. for uh, their dating life. Let's just hope they don't end up on Springer. Let's just all pray for them now. Yeah. Yeah. If they end up on there, they're going to move to your house and your German <laughs> shepherd's going to raise them. <laughs> you got what oh chris has something to show you marty before we chris. get started he's come upstairs he's got his cowboy hat on i don't know what's up right now 
Hey, Barty. What's up, beloved? I got a nice shirt. So I could, all the people could see this. Oh, oh, it, wait, that Chris, was my gift to Chris. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm coming. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, you could. No, I can't. Well, I can't really oh. move the camera. Oh, Chris, what are you doing? Gumbo, Gumbo. is my favorite oh. season. There it is. Chris, I love that shirt. It's the best shirt. I, I wish I'd have got two so we would have matching like shirts. From the Bayou, dressed like this. No, you sent to me this. Yeah, so I get that was a present I gave to Chris. I was it maybe about a year ago or so. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's two years ago. You, oh, that long, it's been that long. Wow. Well, yeah. I have to say you are extremely handsome with that hat and that shirt. Um, <laughs> extremely handsome. <laughs> no, 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 no. But thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, this is, this is just gone to the South right now. Who glory. <laughs> So Marty must be happy. Chris, oh my goodness. He said, he said, it's good. We need some happy song. Yeah, we need a laugh. We just need to, yeah, just let the presence of God and the joy of the Lord. There you go. Chris, the beloved, the joy of the Lord. There we go. You need it too. Yes. Yes, I'm sure you do after being in Home Depot part of the afternoon. Chris needs oh. the joy of the Lord now. I do, though, man. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> Chris, the next time you come to Tulsa, we're going to go to, uh, I'll take you to a place called Atwoods. Oh, boy. Oh, they have all good things. They have chickens and feed and ducklings and guns and camouflage and boots and hats. They have everything. They have everything. Really nice. Wow, really? Yeah. You're sure you're doing it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. When you come to Tulsa, yeah, we're going. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. All right, good. Then it's settled. When you come. I'm not sure yet. We'll, we'll figure out when we're coming no, we'll to Tulsa. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. So what we were going to do tonight, uh, telling our audience, is a Q&A. <laughs> so put your questions in the chat because Marty can see, too. Um, and then when Marty sees a question as well that he, you know, really, really wants to answer. Okay. We'll put it up. Okay. Yeah. Good. Very good. I've got rumble pulled up over here. I've got YouTube pulled up over here. And so <laughs> oh, we'll keep her. I've got three screens. I've got stuff everywhere. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay. and so we'll be able to see, I can see and, and, uh, and my sweet pea can probably help me look for uh, questions too. So, oh, that would be great if she could <laughs> miss yes. Jenny. She's always here. She's always hovering in spirit. Oh, here we, here's a good one. Wait, where did it go? Hold on a second. Oh, here, this is from Carolyn Davenport. She says, can you please give me some insight on why it's so hard to read my Bible and pray? Okay. Can you say that one? Okay. The, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So we're having a little bit of echoing. So I'm going to try to turn my speakers down a little bit. So, Okay. So Carolyn says, can you please give me some insight on why it's so hard to read my Bible and pray? Mm -hmm. 
Go ahead, Amanda. Am I, <laughs> am I still echoing? Oh, is she still echoing? Because I can uh, go into my settings. Okay, here. it's not too bad. I got mine okay. turned down a little bit, so we're 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 okay now. Okay. 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 You know, so I, why is it so hard? Well, I think reading the Bible and praying, <clears throat> it's a discipline and it's a learned habit. Yeah. Uh, and the reason, one of the reasons I do it when I first wake up in the morning, is because I'm telling the Lord, I am making you a priority. What you have given us, what you have instructed us with, I'm making it a priority in my life. So you have to get into the mindset of, I have to make God a priority in my life because we want to be a priority to the Lord. We want, you know, to be able to have open lines of communication and, and have prayer answered and be given instruction and counseled by the Holy Spirit. But we have to make him a priority. So I think people find it hard amidst all the distractions of this world and the technology and, and other things, um, it tends to, that tends to fade to the side. So what you have to do, it takes 30 days to form a habit. Yeah. So, yep. It doesn't matter what it is, (laughs) including smoking. I can take 30 days to form a habit. So you have to form that habit. And every day for 30 days, even if you start with a chapter, you will work up to more but you have to form that habit. This is a discipline. And many times the flesh doesn't want to be disciplined. So we find it hard to do it. Yeah. And, and I'm also reminded of just the importance of it because Jesus talked about, if I can trust you in the smallest, simplest, littlest, most discreet things, then I can trust you in the greater things, the mega things, the things that influence more, the things that, that change more lives. And so the smallest, simplest thing of all is that beautiful relationship where we've been given the ability to talk with the creator of heaven and earth, the ability to read the very precious words of the creator of heaven and earth. And so it's the simplest thing. It's the easiest thing. And it's you don't have to push a lot of buttons and get into the zone where I feel the spirit coming up on me where I can have an amazing prayer time. He's not looking for that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be looking for that. When that comes, let that come. And there are times as we develop that we can attain that and we can grab a hold to that more. But at the at the basics, that's what he wants from us. Just the basic simplicity of spending time with him in the word. So, I mean, I like how you said read a chapter because sometimes I'm using time. I'll say, hey, read 10 minutes, but it just might be a chapter, you know. Read a chapter, read the first three chapters of Matthew, and then the next day, the first three chapters of Mark, you know, and just find a system. But I've learned from Clay Clark, because he's been my coach, and everybody knows Clay, right? He is a master of what we're talking about. Clay has been extremely successful. He is not a genius. Now, we all say he is because we've seen what he's done, and he is very extremely talented at many things that he does. He really, really is, but he's developed that from just being a C student and what, how he developed it. He'll straight tell you, he just learned that, um, diligence and consistency is how you build anything. And if you don't stop and you do it every day, it will build and it will build and it will one day be something great. So Mm -hmm. right now, if you'll just be dedicated to just spend time in the word now, you'd be dedicated to just spend time in prayer now. As you do that, you'll find maybe two years from now, God calls you to lead a prayer ministry. 
I know Aaron and I, I mean, we've been praying together for 12 years, 13, 14 years. Mm-hmm. And it was just the weekly showing up and praying. That's right. And I never thought anything. Literally, when the Lord said, Marty and Jenny, I'm calling you to teach the nation how to pray with a prayer ministry. We're like, what? God, mm-hmm. we know your voice. We know you've not lost your mind. Why are you calling us to do this? You know why? Mm-hmm. 13 years of being faithful in the little thing, one hour a week of just leading a prayer group. So yeah, right. consistency, diligence, just find it and hold to it. And then it'll grow from there. Amen. Yeah, cool. Great answer. Okay. Um, as you're looking, I'll, I'll give this question. Joyce Fry wants to know, what are the greater works that we will do when Jesus did everything? Is it being able to bring someone to salvation? Wow. Well, so, um, you know what? I actually had the word of the Lord. I had some some revelation on that, and I, I don't remember exactly what that was just recently. Um, one of the things that we are doing that Jesus didn't do was reach the whole world and his capability. He had the incapability of going to every nation. He had a small, he had Samaria, you know, Capernaum. He had these cities, the places that he would go, but then he said greater works, greater in vast numbers as well. So that's one thing. Um, but if you remember what Jesus said there, and it was in John 14, John 14, he said, now, because he, he's talking, um, Grace, is Grace flying around behind you right now? Grace really <laughs> loves the book of John, I'm just telling you. She's, oh my gosh, I'm trying to. There she goes. She's yeah. Right there. Yeah, she's right there yeah. up on the railing. Yeah. But Jesus said to Philip, Jesus said to Philip, Philip said to Jesus, Jesus, show us the Father. Philip was saying, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, are you serious? Are you serious, Philip? This is John 14, around verse 11. Are you serious that you've been with me this whole time? I've been walking with the Father. I've been showing you the Father, and you don't even see the Father in me? Okay, Philip. Oh, all right. Well, let's just break it down like this. If you have not seen the Father um, in how I've been walking with him, at least you can say you've seen him in the works that I've done in front of you. The miracles, the signs, the wonders, the centurion servant being healed, all the things you've seen, Philip. I'm showing you the father at least that way. But then he looked at him and said, now here's the deal, Philip. But the works that you've seen me do, you're going to do them. And even greater works than these. I think he was pushing Philip to such a place to get him out of the religion Because our job now, because Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father, and that's why you're going to do greater works. I believe we're showing the Father at a level today that Jesus never did. We're showing the Father today to the entire world, you know. That's true. Well, that's true to the entire world. And and corporately, you know what I mean? Yeah. The amount of healings and miracles and and works have greatly multiplied corporately. There was so, one Jesus mm-hmm, who did the right. works. Now there's hundreds of thousands of us that are walking like Jesus because he put himself inside us. Mm-hmm. And now he stands before the Father as a mediator on our behalf, as an intercessor on our behalf. So he multiplied himself. He did. Oh, he yeah. very much did. It, it, it said in scripture that it, they couldn't even get enough paper to write down Yeah. all the miracles and works he did. So that tells you a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. So, Marty, do you want to pick a question? Well, yeah, I got one here. Um, okay. I, I have, this is the first one I've seen. Um, this went away. 
But I, I here's one on the screen. Um, okay, so here's one. It says, Amanda, when you say you were on your face in prayer, what exactly do you mean by that? So it means literally I am humbled in a submissive position where I'm literally on the floor yeah. on my face before the Lord. So I'm in a position of submission uh, before the Lord, because if you've ever laid on your face before the Lord, it's a very humbling, it's a very humbling thing. Yeah. And so when I say that, and I do that to put myself in the right place in order to show God, I know who you are and I know who I am. Um, and I am far beneath you, even though I am one of your children and I, and your servant, and I'm submitting to you before I receive anything, I'm showing the Lord that I'm submitting yeah. to him, which, which turns the heart of the father. So that's what I mean when I say that. Um, Amanda, how often should you blow the shofar and take communion? And well, is it wrong to do it in my home? <laughs> <laughs> not in my church, not in church. How that's from D Mortine. How often should you blow the shofar and take communion? And is it okay. wrong to do in my home? Okay, well, I'll answer it. Marty will probably add to it. So yeah. I take communion personally multiple times a week. <clears throat> I do. Um, I do it before every broadcast. I do it in other instances. Uh, and I do it, A, because Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, but also I'm showing the Lord that I am remembering the sacrifice that had yeah. to be given. I'm putting myself in right standing before God by going through that and showing him, I haven't forgotten, Lord. I know the sacrifice that was made for us. I think there's also, you know, just something very, yep, there's one of my communion cups yeah. right there. Something very, um, I think there's a lot of good things that come out of doing communion, including the favor of God, it, it, you know, including being able to hear the Lord more clearly. Um, I think it's a practice that shouldn't be done once a month in church. It should be done multiple times a week at your home. I use matzah because that's what was used. It was the Passover meal. It was unleavened bread. So I happen to use matzah when I take communion. Uh, and so I, I do that multiple times a week. As far as the shofar is concerned, uh, they blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, which is in September. So they happen to blow the shofar there. Um, I tend to, if I see an attack happening, I tend to go outside my house and blow it. Oh, wow. I, I do. I tend to go outside my house and blow it. Do I blow it inside for practice at times? Yes, I do. And all the cat's ears go and they go, everyone's oh, ears wow. go back. But um, I I will go outside and blow it at times if I there's an attack or I can feel it in the spirit. And, and I do that. Uh, I put my Talit on, my prayer shawl, and I go outside. Uh, otherwise, too, they blow it on Rosh Hashanah and, and other high holy days. Great. I don't have a shofar. Oh, we have to get you one. <clears throat> I do not have one. Okay. Um, I've never had one. I've never tried to blow one. Actually, Jenny and I were talking about this just mm -hmm. an hour ago, um, but I don't have a shofar. Okay. Um, but we do take communion, and Jenny had just gotten us, um, Juliantis had gotten us some really great 
Oh, um, I love Julie. Uh, she's a sweetheart. I love and you, Julie. Gotten some, some um, wonderful little communion cups from, um, where was it? What city? Was it Bethlehem? It was yes, Deb and Aaron bought us a couple. The <clears throat> maybe the Garden of Gethsemane? Yes. Yeah. Well, she brought those, and we did communion online the other day. Oh, that's nice. On, on New Year's Day, we did communion mm-hmm. with our Loudmouth family that joins us. And uh, it was actually quite a sight because, um, you know, these cups traveled all the way over from the Holy Land. Jenny forgot to wash them. And so we took communion. That's okay. You're building antibodies. And it tasted like dirty bark. And we both had this, we both started busting out laughing. So it was the only joyful communion we've ever had. We're just laughing. And it was, it was quite a sight. Um, I love communion. We normally, um, our church, our pastor oftentimes leads us in communion once a month uh, on a Sunday morning, like maybe the first Sunday or something like that. Uh, but Jenny and I, there are special times that we take communion as well. When there's normally when there's something special going on and we just want to dedicate or consecrate that time, you know, to the Lord. But I don't, I, I do have a kazoo, um, but I don't have a shofar. So <laughs> a kazoo. we have a kazoo. Uh, you the, could try to substitute it, Marty, and see what and, happens. And I do play the harmonica a little bit, a little bit of blues on the harmonica, but yeah. <clears throat> well. We're going to have to try to get you guys one. Here's one. Is it, a, is it your opinion or fact that all Christians speak in tongues or is it a gift to some? That's a good one. What do you think, Marty? Well, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shouldn't have an opinion when the book of Acts made it so clear and Paul in Corinthians says, I wish you all spoke in tongues. That's right. Well, that would be a crazy wish for a guy who it wasn't available for everyone. And then also that God is not a respecter of persons. But we have to understand a few things about tongues. The first thing is that it is a private personal prayer language that we all can have with our Father. And then, Amanda, and then there is a gift tongues interpretation discerning the spirits the gift of faith gift of healings um you know there's there's the nine gifts of the spirit and and the the gift of tongues is one of those so does everyone have that one that's the real question and i personally believe just me this is my opinion Mm -hmm. that everyone can if they knew how to pursue because paul said hey desire the spiritual gifts well once again but he said but i'd rather that you prophesy so he's talking to the entire church of corinth and there probably was 20 to 500 people in that church i don't know how many but he's talking to an entire church there that each and every one of them has this capability that they should pursue the work and the gifts but also that he rather that they would prophesy so they all have the capability of prophecy so I believe the gifts of the Spirit are happening in someone's life, like the gift of tongues, as the Spirit wills at that moment. It's not something you walk in all the time. It's not something happening 24 hours a day. But the tongues prayer language, according to the book of Acts, shows that it is there as a prayer language that we can do all the time whenever we want to turn it on. So, Amen. Amen. Yeah. The good answer. I yeah. agree with that, that it is available for everyone. 
um, <clears throat> if they so desire it. But, you know, we have the gifts of the spirit, too, that people operate in. So, yeah, good answer. Good so answer. it is I, a gift. It what? is a prayer language That's and it is a gift. So there's two different, at least mm -hmm. two different roles that we can pin, you know, put our finger on there. So, Amen. I agree. Yeah. I agree. What else you got? I put this up prematurely. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Marty. Marty. Don't well, <laughs> Let's get the chicken. According to Jewish chicken law. <laughs> um, please, let's please keep this serious tonight. Okay. We're talking about lovers. According right. <laughs> chicken love, according to Jewish chicken law, um, there's at least 12 months of premarital, you know, um, hanging out, uh, hanging out in the chicken yard, um, pecking, repecking, um, frothing and things in a very holy um, level of purity. So we're just still in that stage. So, but I thank you for asking. It's very personal though. So they're in the courting stage. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. That's thank you, Amanda. That sounded a lot better than my Jewish chicken law. <laughs> well, it is a, in Jewish law. They have to, for a certain period. I know uh, court before they're married or be betrothed. It's called, I think it's called in Jewish law being betrothed. Yeah, I don't just make this stuff up. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Okay, so what, oh, Marty, do you see any, any questions? <laughs> what is it? Oh, oh, let me see. Okay, okay. How do you find out God's plan, what God's plan is for your life? That's a really good question. That is a good question. You got it, Amanda. Uh, wait, repeat the question, please. Okay, how do you find out what God's plan is for your life? That's a very interesting question um, because I started out as a hedge fund accountant at the age of 21. And this <laughs> is what I'm doing now. <laughs> you really have to seek the Lord on it. The Lord puts gifts, talents, and abilities in us. So we have gifts, talents, and abilities, and then we have what we're created to do. And sometimes they're very different, even though those gifts, talents, and abilities help us with that. They can be very different. Uh, and I personally had to go on a journey with the Lord of allowing him to sort of push me uh, and guide me away from things I was, quote, good at, like finance. You know, I was I have a bachelor of science in finance, so I was I was good with numbers um, and, and try to allow him. And this is the hardest part because people get into a tug of war with God. Allow him to pull you in to what you were created to do. And <clears throat> that takes faith and spending time with the Lord to recognize the direction. Yeah. So when the Lord gave me instruction to uh, take uh, Roxy in and then take Jake, the, the, duck, the Muscovy Duckin who started it all, I listened, even though I did not understand the whole plan, I did not understand it in its entirety. He told me to take him in. That is what started it all, yeah. uh, was that one act of obedience <clears throat> with Jake. And then after two years, when the Lord said about 80 ducks to our property that I had to feed every day and be faithful in every day, the Lord said to me, I want you to start making videos. And I thought I heard him wrong. 
Wow. Uh, and so I listened. You see, it's about going out on a limb with God when he asks you to do something. Yeah, and so you really trust him because he knows you better than you know yourself. And many times people will be pushed away uh, from certain things uh, they might be really good at or they've been doing because the Lord's trying to segue them into something else. And that's yeah. where some people stop and they never go forward because they yeah. don't want to let go of that. They don't. Um, yeah. And so it takes a lot of prayer and asking the Lord to help you recognize the doors he's opening and what you were created to do and that you have the faith and obedience to walk through those doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the more you decrease, mm -hmm. the more his plan for your life yeah. will be made known unto you. It's almost like you're always walking around with 100% in a cup. There's always 100% in the cup. And if you can take half of that out of you and let him fill that up, you'll get more light about what he wants you to do. The more you can decrease, it allows him to have room in your life to increase. Mm -hmm. I know this for sure. He's got a powerful, amazing plan. Sometimes for every one of you, and sometimes it will blow your socks off. You'll have no, like he'll ask you to do something yeah. that there'll be a plan or an assignment or a calling or something to do. And sometimes you would have had it in your heart, your entire life. And you'd say, Oh my gosh, as a little child, this is what I've always dreamed of. And sometimes he'll give you something that you're like, I would have never guessed this in a million years. But whatever it is, it always somehow divinely seems to answer the hunger that is placed inside you. You know, even everything we do now, what a man is doing and we're doing, everything we're doing, it somehow seems to feed, you know, that does, that, that uh, divine integrity, that divine initiative on the inside of us where we want to just do his plan. And the more we can empty ourselves the more we can do, the more we can look like him, the more we can um, make everything point to him. Because at the end of the day, you're not supposed to look at us. He said to me a while back, he said, one of the reasons why I'm going to bring people to you, Marty, is because when they look at you, you'll keep on pointing them to me. And that's where a lot of people have missed it. Mm -hmm. If Like the mm -hmm. last reawakened when I got up on the stage, at the very end of it, I put a box on my head because I wanted to tell them real quickly about William Seymour. Because everyone's like, we're ready for the glory. We're ready for the outpouring. We're ready for the great things of God. Well, if you are, then what you're telling me is you're ready to so devalue yourself that people won't even look at you anymore. Because yeah. that is the only way God can increase is when we decrease. So in your life, stop making every moment of your day about you and start right. making it a little more and a little more. Take up more ground about making it about him. And as you do that, he will move in that empty space where you've emptied yourself of you. He'll move in that area and you'll start having God ideas. You'll start hearing his voice like never before. But those people who are so wrapped up in them, they're oftentimes the ones not hearing anything. They're yep. the ones that are, they want more of God, but they're just not getting anything because they need to remove some of the selfishness. And I, that's hard to say, but I'm telling you, Amanda and I, we've had to do it, and it's not oh, yeah. easy, and it kind of sucks, much. but it's what you have to do. It's a hard you have process. To, you have to die to self. 
It's true. It's a very, it's a hard process yeah. that the Lord puts you through purposely. So when you yeah. come out of it, you know who he is and you know who you are. Yeah. And you know you're far beneath him, and your job is to serve him and give him the glory, honor, and praise for it because this never would have happened in your life without him. And yeah, so sure. you have to be in that mindset uh, to go forward with that. And people get so wrapped up in me, and I've even heard people say, and I'm not kidding you, <laughs> um, oh, it was prophesied over me. I'm going to have a ministry bigger than Joyce Myers, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to – and I've heard this multiple times from people. Yeah. Um, and I think to them, all I hear is I, Yeah. and do you even know what that requires? You know what I mean? Like I hear people say this and and, and I go to myself, (laughs) you don't really understand the, you know, the burden and some of them are too into themselves and what they think they're going to get. And so that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That so I, I'm just saying I've seen I've witnessed that and and yeah. really you have to get out of the way and let the Lord get in the way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for you and I to be on a show together, just for mm-hmm. you and I and and Jenny and Chris, for the four of us to have made a friendship, the sacrifice that you guys went through for a year and a half traveling and doing things, the sacrifices that we went through, all these things that we went through, just so in time God could make a divine connection where we could, you know, join together grace and, and loud mouth and, 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 and do something together to reach the body of Christ. Tons of sacrifice, tons of ups and downs, roller coasters, 20 years. Yeah. I've waited 20 years to be able to have a platform to speak from. 20 years studying, following Brother Hagen, just being faithful to the little things, working in children's, having prayer groups, 20 years. And every year I'd say, God, we're here. He's like, I know, son. I'm going to come to you when I'm ready. And year after year after year after year. And I had easily 400, 500 chances to say, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. And walk away from it. But I I just, out of my fellowship with him, I couldn't do that because I had his heart. I had his mind. I would spend time with him. And I saw what tomorrow looked like. I saw there was a place for me to be able to share who he is. And, and, and if so, I just keep decreasing to keep decreasing myself. And, um, I tell you, everyone that desires to do things for God, they need to do what you said a while ago. They need to say how often in a conversation are they saying the word? I, 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 I've had people on the phone with me in the last month and, I thought I was there to share something with them, and I never got a word in edgewise. It was just I, 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 and I'm not complaining, and I understand everyone is where where they are, and I can't say to them, hey, you're so selfish. You're really just probably stagnant and not moving forward. I can't say that, so I get on a show with a few thousand people and let them hear it now, but I'm just joking, <laughs> but it all of us have had so much pride that we don't even see. And he's got to clean that. We have to decrease, Amanda. Even right now, you and the four of us, Chris and Jenny, the more we decrease right now opens up the more where he can use us. It's about usability. It's not being on platforms. It's not about influence. It's about usability. And usability is gifted by him to those who want to belittle themselves and have no one look at them and have everyone set their eyes upon Jesus. 
Well, that that's the whole point <laughs> is to put people's eyes on the Lord, even yeah. with um, prophecy, sound doctrine, and good teaching all have to go together. Yeah, for sure. And the whole point of prophecy is to put people's eyes on the Lord. Yeah, is good. to get people to look at the Lord, to get people to want to listen to the instruction of the Lord, to prepare people and have them looking at the <clears throat> Lord for that direction. Prophecy should always point back to the Lord, yeah. always. And when you combine it with sound doctrine and good teaching, that's when you really get into the depth uh, prophetically. Uh, and so I just, I just felt, I just felt like I needed to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I got a question here from okay. Vicky. Obviously, there are hundreds of questions coming, but this oh, one yes, really caught me. Mm-hmm. Some some people say being in the spirit simply means speaking in tongues, but is there an inner place or way to be with him? Is there a deeper in the spirit than just speaking in tongues and being in the spirit? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there is. There is. Because once that veil comes, the Lord lifts the veil and there's open yeah. visions. Yeah. You know, and 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 seeing in the realm of the spirit, uh, you know that you know you're 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 in a way you're crossing that threshold, you know, where you know spiritually speaking, you know, the Lord allows you to be able to see certain things, and open visions are very real. Yeah, they're good. I've had them, and I know Marty's had them, and there and Marty's had other experiences, um, and so. There is, yes, to go into the deeper, <clears throat> excuse me, things of God. <clears throat> um, that is where it takes the dedication to the Lord and ministering before the Lord and being concerned about his business first and what he wants to say. And yeah. so that's when you see many times the veil begin to lift and you see yeah. the deeper things. Yeah. For anyone desiring deeper Mm-hmm. This question actually is perfect. I'm going to read it again. Some people say being in the spirit simply means speaking in tongues, mm-hmm. but is there an inner place or a way to be with him? So I love this question because it brings up speaking in tongues because mm-hmm. speaking in tongues is actually one of the main doorways mm-hmm. into the spirit. Mm-hmm. So speaking in tongues is a supernatural language where he gives you the utterance. You speak it, but he gives you the utterance. But because it's a divine utterance that bypasses the understanding, it can take you, it is designed to take you in the spirit because Corinthians says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying. So when I pray in tongues, I'm praying from a supernatural part of me, a spirit part of me. It's coming out of the natural part of me and it's pulling me into the supernatural that I belong to. So people need to understand the realm of the spirit belongs to you. You are first spirit in that realm. It's more real than this natural realm, but people don't understand that because they're always living in this natural realm of all this stuff going on. The natural, like chickens. I mean, all y'all are dealing, playing with your plastic chickens every day in the natural realm. Okay. That was a bad joke. So, but so the supernatural, the spirit, the inner the going in deeper in him is the doorway, the most common doorway that really works the easiest and best is just praying in tongues and just do it. And the further you go in, and then once you get in there, I say, 
How do you develop being in there? You let those tongues keep developing where you can even begin to do that in your own prayer language. That's why Paul said that. I want you to do all the spiritual gifts, guys, but I'd rather that you prophesy because prophecy, because divine utterance coming out of the mouth is always an open door to get people into operating in more things. So because it's just like James says, James says, if you let your tongue guide you, your tongue, like a rudder, can completely steer you away. If you let your tongue take you into the spirit, it will take all of you, like the rudder of a ship, into that realm of the unseen, where the deeper things of God are. But you better prepare yourself, because when you get there, suddenly the heart and the mind of God is being made known unto you. Suddenly comes greater responsibility. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Suddenly becomes prayer assignments and other assignments that he's going to hold you accountable to that he's said to you. So make sure you want to go there. This is a perfect segue for this question, Marty. Look. Go ahead. Oh, you have one question? Yes. Teaching tongues is a language of the Father. Yes. It's left to our bodies. So the Father's holiness is speaking to the people. And death comes out to us too. Yeah. So meaning holy sons, holy Jesus is theft. And it's coming out too. Yeah. It's power. Yeah. Lots of power. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, this segues, Marty, into what you said. Okay. Would you like, would you want me to read it? You read it. Uh, go ahead. Alice King writes, question, if you receive a prophecy that you are a prophetess and given gifts by the Holy Spirit, how and where do you get training on the prophetic and walking in your gifting? Marty has said to me, remember a couple of weeks ago, so you want to be a prophet. Remember when I got, you know, you had said that because we, we, yeah. you know, we were both getting, you know, a little lambasted at that point, And that's what he said. <laughs> oh, you know, just, uh, well, okay. So this is a great, this is actually a very good question. Thank you, Alice. Um, so number one, um, I would not base everything up on someone prophesying to me mm-hmm. that I am a prophet because okay. there are a whole ton of flaky, fruity things being said out there. And it could be just some random person who's trying to operate in the supernatural, like the prophetic of fruity petals. Like a yeah, bowl of fruity and, and they could just be saying that to you. The fact of the matter is that it needs to bear witness with your spirit. Now, Romans 8, 16 says, um, for the spirit himself, the Holy Ghost, will bear witness with you about the things that Christ and and being an heir with Christ has attained for you. And being called to an office of a prophet or any other, other offices is all part of that. So the spirit of God should bear witness with you on the inside. That when that prophecy came, it wasn't just trying to push you to go do a thing or to excite you. It was to direct you and or confirm to you that it seems right on the inside that you're called to that. Because I've seen people over the years, 
uh, you know, a minister would come and your, your grandson's going to be called to the greatest ministry in the whole world, even bigger than Oral Roberts and, you know, A.A. Allen. And, and, and those guys are normally a bunch of crazy people that just have gotten off for a period of time and need to get back on. And so, and we're not trying to put anyone down. We're just being realistic. There's a lot of fruity, flaky stuff. And we're trying to cool, come back to what the word says. The word, the word of God will, you spend time in the word of God. You spend time with the father. You'll know if you're called to the prophetic or not. And honestly, you don't have to be a prophet to be operating in prophetic. It's called for the body of Christ. The body of Christ supposed to be operating in the prophetic. The office of a prophet is more of an authoritative thing where it is a general in the army to lead things forward. But so if someone is called to the office of a prophet, do they go get prophetic training? Your turn, Amanda. I was actually mentored. Yes. So Barbara mentored me and it, it yeah. was very intense actually at times. She's the one who taught me by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one living God. She said, before you speak a word. Yeah. You declare that first, that it is only by the power and truth of almighty God through the blood of Jesus Christ, that these words are going to come out of your mouth. So she's Good. the one who taught me that. Yeah. Um, so getting mentored is, is a, is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Getting mentored and getting training uh, in, in sound doctrine. It's very yeah. important to be trained in sound doctrine to yeah. operate properly prophetically. So I would say get trained in sound doctrine and pray for the Lord to send a mentor, one who really has been in the prophetic for a while, yeah. a good long while. You has know, a that, proven ministry. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes. And mm -hmm. you know, we see the best type and shadow that I would think of is Elijah following Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. And, and it's not that just someone comes along and prophesies to you and then the great mantles upon you. It literally, the type in the shadow of Elijah is he followed him. He, he was his protege. He, if he, if he needed his bag carried, he carried his bag. If he needed his shoes wiped, whatever he needed, if he needed a sandwich, whatever it was, he served him. He drew from the anointing and the mantle on his mentor because he's been, but so he had to draw near to him. And so if one thing I did, I was blessed. I got to travel with brother Hagen, but I only traveled with him a year, but you know what I've done since then for the 20 years that he went to be home with the Lord, because that's why I stopped traveling with him. Cause he went to be, went home with the Lord. But for the 20 years I've been in his books, I've listened to his tapes. I study the office that he was called to the more than one office, two offices that I study and I learn after and I feed after and I get teachings of his and I read them in during the day and during the night. And I draw from that anointing and that mantle upon him because I was called to do some, something similar. And literally the Lord went on to me just in the last year and said, I want you to pick up prayer where brother Hagen left off and cover the nation with it. I would have never been told that by the Lord if I hadn't spent the last 20 years the way Elijah was running after Elijah, 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 if I wasn't chasing, um, you know, my mentor, if I wasn't studying after him. So. Good answer. Yeah. Praise the Lord. This this is an interesting question, Marty. Uh-oh. Dorothy Clark, I want to know how I can know I haven't committed the unpardonable sin and if I'm still saved. Mm. Okay. Well, <laughs> this is a really good one. And I've had some conversations lately with a dear man Okay, along these lines, 
But I'm really interested in what you say. <laughs> you're very interested. You know, let me think about this for a minute. I'll jump in real quickly. Yeah, the jump one in thing real quick that, and then I'll add to it. Okay. The one thing that really jumps out about me in this one is, um, are you hungry for God? Yeah. Do you want to be with God? Because in my understanding, when someone has committed the unpardonable sin, let's just throw away trying to figure out what the unpardonable sin is. Let's just okay. talk about this one perspective. Because it's just really even kind wanting of like to be with God. What the unpardonable sin is, and I—that's yeah. what I was going to start with. Actually, this is up for debate. Yeah. If if we just set aside what the sin is, and we just looked at, you're hungry, you're wanting Him, you're hurting in your heart that you may have done this thing wrong. I believe the person that's that way has not committed that sin. I believe the person that's that way that has committed that sin and cannot go back into the Lord actually doesn't want to. They're so darkened and they're so hard hearted that they don't want anything to do with God. That's how I perceive this. Um, I mean, come on. (laughs) And so, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Stubborn and hard-hearted really gets turned over to a reprobate mind at some point. Honestly, exactly. Romans one and two. It leads to yes, it leads to a reprobate mind. Yeah. If you are still that concerned about the Lord and what you've done to Him, yeah, then you still have the capability of being with Him. That's right. You're not that dark and evil. Now I assure you, you could probably go through the last two and a half years and think of certain groups of dark, evil, powerful people. And you could probably pull out a few names of some that we all could probably say, you know, that fella or that lady is probably unable to come to God. They are so dark. They've so turned from God. We could probably, we could probably guess at a few people, but it's not our, it's not even our place to do that, but I'm just saying. And so now whoever's asking this question, do you think you're on the level of them? No, you would not even be watching Amanda's show asking the question if you were so hardened to God that you were unable to come to him. So so what is the unpardonable sin, Amanda Grace? You know, there's debate about this. You know, in scripture, there's talk of of grieving the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That points at the unpardonable sin. And, and, And really... I, and I believe the grieving of the Holy Spirit comes with talking about he doesn't exist and cursing the Holy Spirit. And if I'm correct, it's along those lines. You can elaborate. If I like. believe, having been under Brother Hagen and studied Holy Ghost meetings. Yeah. And what, one of the things the Lord did uh, eccentrically a lot with Brother Hagen uh, he had a book, if you ever want to buy it and look at it, it's absolutely extraordinary. It's called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And in that book, the Lord isn't just sharing plans and purposes and how we individually get them, but how the church, how individual churches and the body of Christ has gotten off on some specific things. Mm-hmm. And the whole book, really, when you come down to it, which Aaron and I have gone through this book years and years together, it's the number one book that I would always bring you know, to our prayer group on, on, or with our businessmen's prayer group for years. Um, this book is really talking about how not to grieve the Holy Spirit. 
So if honestly, if you really laid it out and you had the heart and the mind of God, every one of us to some level is grieving the Holy Spirit all the time. He wants more of us. He wants, you know, there's so much, but every time we come against a sin, we come against pride. Every time we come against selfishness, there's a small or greater level of grieving the Holy Spirit because grieving him is keeping him from doing more in us and on us. But that's why he's so merciful and wonderful. He's always about taking us deeper and further in him. And then he'll convict you or your own heart will convict you. That's what a conscience is. A conscience is the voice of your own spirit. Your own spirit will convict you. You'll make those decisions. You'll repent. You'll move away from a sin. And then you'll go deeper in him and deeper and deeper in him where you're not grieving him as much. So so to grieve the Holy Spirit, I mean, come on, we all are doing it different levels. So what's the one great thing that would grieve him too much? I can't say it would be anything other than just not receiving Jesus. Yeah. You you know, turning your back on that and yeah, Yeah. you know, maybe, you know, talking about that he didn't die for our sins and he didn't exist. And I think it would be a long, you know, maybe that sort of path, you know what I mean? Going in that direction. And part of that is, could we get a four-year-old child Mm-hmm. And naturally, four-year-old child, could we treat them like they're a 40-year-old person? There's no way. No. The Father God is not crazy. He's not just a nutcase, all right? That's what a crazy person would do to try to create, to, to treat a four-year-old like a 44-year-old, right? Okay. So the Father God knows the same way there's natural depths and growing, that there's natural stages of maturity. There's also spiritual stages of maturity. So the Father God is not going to take a baby Christian, and I'm not talking about a baby person, a, 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 a newborn again baby Christian who's not developed in things spiritually. He's not going to treat them like someone who has moved in the gifts of the Spirit who has tasted prophecy, who has tasted the working of miracles in their life, who has tasted tongues and interpretation. There's, there's a higher is, standard. There's a higher There's yes, a higher standard. standard. Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe when you get in that higher bracket, mm-hmm. you're actually starting to fall into the capability of being able to fall away. But I believe when you're spiritually immature, you're immature. You're still a baby growing. I don't think people are falling away. Even if they say Jesus was never real. Well, it's a four-year-old saying that. If oh, yes. You can't judge a four-year-old on what they say. The father who's rich in mercy, rich in mercy, his mercy is renewed every single day for us. So I just think he's extremely merciful. Yeah, man. And one thing too, he's the judge. We are not the judge. Yeah. And then we're fruit inspectors. <clears throat> yeah, That's I've been quoting you on that. I've been quoting we, you on that. We are fruit inspectors. <laughs> That's what we're supposed to be. Yes. Good ones too. We're supposed to be good fruit inspectors. Yeah. So exactly. know your fruits of <laughs> the spirit. Yes. But you're right, Chris. He is the judge. He's the one that makes that decision. And that's where we can never step in and say, oh, I know that person. They're so evil. They're so bad. I know they've they've done the impardonable sin. Um, you just no, don't you get just that. You have to watch and pray. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the best yeah. thing you can do. Watch yeah. and pray. You know what I mean? And and, yeah. and and see. Because their fruit along the way will tell the story. Yeah. It will. Mm-hmm. Amen. You see any questions, Marty? Oh, there's so many, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wow. Okay. There's so many. (laughs) 
I haven't been looking. Um, wow, there's some really good ones. Yeah. Um, I think if a person is fully aware there is God and is determined to look him in the face and tell the greatest lie, is that person aligned in any way with darkness? Uh, you know, I'm reading some of their comments and I don't know that they're questions or not. Um, you know, oh man, I'll tell you the book of John, uh, first John and talks so much about walking in the light versus walking in the darkness. And the Lord dealt with me a while back that pride is one of the darkest of the darks. Mm. He took me in the spirit and I saw black and then it went darker and my mind couldn't comprehend that. And then it went darker and darker and darker. And that black somehow kept going darker and darker and darker. And it just started like, like dominoes, darker, darker, darker. And just like, and I was just blown away, like how much darker can dark get? And then this is what he said to me, subtle, 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 the subtlety of pride. And that's the, that's the danger of darkness mm -hmm. called pride. It is subtle. It is. The subtleness yeah. of, hey, you know, I want to do this and that, you know, and it's, it's that trying to have self-promotion is extremely dangerous because it is so many times wrapped in darkness. But, but the Lord said to me, that darkness of pride, because if you remember, I know you do, it's the very pride. It's the very reason for the fall of our enemy. For the fall, yeah. The Everything he's fall. been doing mm -hmm. has been governed, been uh, motorized, been powered from that subtle, simple, dark pride where he tried to exalt himself above God. So when we go off and try to exalt ourselves too much, Ooh, we can so easily slip into this dark darkness and but it's so subtle we don't even know it and you don't have to exalt yourself when you're about the lord's business mm. the lord will promote you the lord knows what you can steward the lord knows what you can handle yeah. being yeah, yeah. about his business is the best thing you can do first and foremost yeah seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added on to you and he adds them yeah mm -hmm. yes he does yeah. And he said to me one, one time I was sweeping, I had a, a um, um, job in a warehouse and I was a Bible school student and I would go out there and I'd pray in tongues an hour, hour and a half, just praying in tongues, quietly sweeping in the dust. And I was sweeping one time and the Holy Spirit brought that scripture to me and said, son, I never told you not to seek the second or the third or the fourth or the fifth. I told you, make sure you keep the first first. The kingdom must be first. But I never told you not to seek the others, you know, and that was really an enlightenment to me. That was really a blessing to me because I was trying to learn as a baby Christian, trying to learn like, God, how do I seek you? But do I want nicer things? I mean, you know, because there's so much religion out there that says, hey, if you be poor, you'll be much more humble for God. Satan loves religion. He loves oh, it. Crazy. He keeps people bound. It really yeah. does. It keeps them bound and it prevents them from operating in the true power of God and having yeah. that true relationship. It's so, it's so righteous to be sick mm -hmm. and to suffer for God. Oh, Lord have mercy. 
<laughs> no, now the enemy, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he does it with sickness and disease. Jesus came to give life and more abundantly, and it's called divine life, divine health, Zoe that he placed inside you to displace and dispel all sickness and disease out of your body. That's what he gives, life and life more abundantly. It's the only thing he's got to give, and this enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus could not fight Jesus. Jesus healed the sick. That's right. If he, he did not fight against something that he gave, he doesn't have any buckets of sickness to hand out. That's why he could so arrogantly stand against sickness and just shut it down in people's lives because he never gives it. He only gives life. So some people think, oh, it's just, it's almost like a, a little touch of holiness if I'm sick because I'm suffering for Jesus. No, there's a lot better ways to suffer for Jesus. It's called on your knees two hours a day, praying for someone else. That's a suffering. That's a dying to self that we're allowed to do. He doesn't want us to do it in sickness. He doesn't. And and when Jesus was healing the sick, yeah. uh, the Pharisees actually accused him of casting out uh, demons and sickness by Beelzebub. By Satan. Yeah. They accused him of that. Yeah. Satan does not want to free people from sickness. Yeah. So it showed you how little they really knew about the spiritual order of things. Yeah. In the, in the spirit, like how God has ordered things. It just showed they had no clue about spiritual matters. They really didn't. Otherwise, they never would have said such a thing. They They could quote the Torah all day long. But they had no knowledge on how the father operated from his throne. So they accused him of doing that. And he's what did Jesus say? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this one thing, Lady Lucy 1217, cool name, by the way. Uh, she said, nothing can penetrate the cloak of humility. I really like that. It's true. It just it, it gives a good image to me. When we walk in humility, it's honestly the best place because that's where God really has your back because he can protect you. He can because you're not in darkness. When that's you're walking right. in darkness and you shouldn't be, you should be walking in the light. The father, he's going to only be able to do so much for you because there's open doors. But when you're walking in humility, all the doors of the enemy are shut and there's a cloak of protection. So I really like that. Yeah. Cloak you have of to humility. allow the Lord to be your defense, ultimately. Yeah. You're there to be about his business. He is big enough to defend you, honestly, when, when yeah. things occur. And we have to learn that. Sometimes we so quickly want to defend ourselves. Um, and sometimes in doing that, uh, we can make we can make things a little more complicated or, or make it sometimes a bigger mess out of things. But if you allow the Lord to do it, yeah. he knows how to be your defense. He yeah. does. Um, I've got a question here that mm -hmm. I just made up. Okay. Amanda, what is your favorite? And you have to answer your favorite of all your animals. Like the one that you're just. That's, that's like asking me to pick between children. I know. Well, what? I know. <laughs> it's hard. I know. Yeah. I love them all for Chris. Chris really loves Missy. Chris, Missy oh, is Chris's they got a bond. favorite. Mo. Mo. Yeah. Moses is, is, is very close in the running with Missy for Chris. So <laughs> it's Moses and Missy. Yeah. Um, 
with me, it's hard because I, I love them all for their, you know what I mean? Me for their too. little personalities. I, you know, um, Chester tugs at my heart a lot with everything <laughs> Chester has been through. He tends yeah. to, you know, tug at my heart. But I love I love them all. I do. I would say gumbo just swept me off my feet. That's all I can say right there. <laughs> just I, thank you, Chris. Yeah, gumbo is just, it's, I could never love another plastic rubber bird. <laughs> you did. You could. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait till they have kids. Wait till Gumbo and his uh, chicken bride there have kids. <laughs> no, we're going to wait till they get married, Amanda. We're going to keep us oh, legit. No. Oh, no. They have to be married first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't want to do things in order here. So. Well, I'm just saying, Amanda, we're all going to Vegas soon. You're an ordained minister. <laughs> it might happen in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yep, yep. Gumbo and his and his uh, chicken bride are to be married in Las Vegas. Isn't that wonderful? That's this is the wedding announcement, everyone. If you'd like to send gifts for Gumbo, <laughs> bride, please don't. Please go to loudmouthprayer.org and find oh. out where to send them. <laughs> oh, Amanda, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> Oh, by the way, everyone, tomorrow, Amanda's personal cell phone will be on my website. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> that was funny. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay. One more, maybe one, one more, more good question to wrap up the night. Do you have a question, Amanda? Actually, we were thinking in the beginning that you and I would ask each other questions. We could ask each other a question and wrap up the night. Oh, what am I going to ask you? Oh, let me think about this. For Look, Chris is watching with great anticipation. Oh, I, know. I know. Yeah. I got to get in the spirit for this. What's your question? Um, Marty's son got um, some. How's his son doing? Yeah. How's your he, son he's doing? He's doing very, very good. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He's doing. Thank you, Chris. He's doing excellent. He's, yeah. I, I'm, as soon as we're done, I'll be with him. We're going to eat dinner. Yeah. He's doing really well. So let, let me. Oh, here I have a good question for you. How important do you think it is for a married couple to pray together and minister together? So Jenny and I, mm -hmm. we are not been praying together in long periods of time, and we both know we're supposed to as much as we should. We are praying every day together and stopping the devil and putting him in his tracks. Um, I do think it is very important. Um, and honestly, especially the ministry part. So the prayer part, obviously, ministry is going to be an overflow of your personal life. Yeah. That's something a lot of people, I, I love that Bible school taught me that. I remember that class where they just basically said, your personal life, get it right with God. It's so true. Oh, my goodness. ministry is nothing but an overflow of that. So if your personal life has got some kinks and got some weird stuff going on, everybody's going to know about it. It's going to be an overflow. It's all going to show. You ever see that pastor and his wife get up and they'd almost seem like they're mad when they get up and well, that's, that's why, because at home they're having issues. And it could probably be some small adjustments to fix it, you know? So, but I, I love... I love that Jenny and I are ministering together because the Lord said to me, which I know you guys do like consistently as well, Chris and Amanda. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I love that the Lord said to me that whenever I pray for someone and she and I join together, he said it's doubling the anointing. 
And so I know that when we've been praying with people, uh, laying hands and ministering to people, um, her anointing has increased, mine's increased, and we've had better yeah. success rate getting instantaneous healings. It's been really good and casting some devils out and having some great experience. So, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so I love that because honestly, my mind is like, it's time to pray for someone. I'm like, Hey, where's my wife? Where's my wife? Because I want that two is one working together. And she's getting more and more over and having things, utterances from the Holy ghost. And then we'll just bounce off. And we're doing a Sunday show together where we're talking and ministering together too. And it's turned out to be an excellent show at four o'clock on Sundays. And so I really have really enjoyed ministering together. And I think it's very important. I know there's some wives or some husbands that don't, and I don't have a problem with that, but they need to be still knit close in their spouse's life because there's a lot of Jezebels. There's a lot of bros and hoes. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world that will try to come in and create division because when you're getting to a place where you're having influence and God can use you to touch people, the enemy wants to shut you down. Oh, he does. And the marriage is one way. Cause once your marriage messes up, you're shut down. Yeah. You lose credibility in the body of Christ. Many, many people won't, won't listen to you anymore. So, so taking care of the marriage first is, and your children taking care of your marriage and your children and letting them be first is very, very important. Many ministers break that rule. And they chase to go save the world and they lose their family. And it's a shame because they should have never done it. No. And that's why Chris and I travel together, honestly, too. He is my covering. I mean, besides the Lord, the husband is the covering and he is my covering. Yeah. Uh, And so traveling together is so important for that reason, because I am aware, you know, Paul himself says we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. We can't be ignorant of the fact that he is an apex predator. He's ruthless and his little minions are devious little suckers. Honestly, like that's what they are. And we have to be aware of that. So I'm very aware of that fact. I'm also aware before I travel, he is going to try to get on my last nerve, which is a mistake. He obviously doesn't know Italian women because when you do that, they have a nuclear button. And when you detonate it, you better hide somewhere because they're going to (laughs) blow. Chris. (laughs) Marty. (laughs) <laughs> With the, that, that's what makes us so good in the prophetic because we could go boom off and running in a moment's notice i mean yeah we're, city italians are kind of wired for that the lord just had to make some adjustments and yeah. temper it a little bit yep <laughs> what um so i have i guess i need to come up with a question for you yes um What's the single most public yet personally intimate time you've had with God, the strongest encounter with him had that, that, that's been made public? Because I'm sure there's some that, that aren't made public. Like what happened in that experience that it was that one strong moment where you walked away, you're like, wow, that was God. That was father, you know, what was that, um, that, that you can publicly speak about? Um, one of them was when the Lord, uh, I, I I could have sworn an angel walked up behind me, went and knocked me out honestly for this. And I was able to see warring angels and how they operate. Wow. So the Lord allowed me to see them in all like 50 feet tall. I'm not kidding you. Armored head to toe in the armor of God. Wow. 
in the armor of God. They all wear the armor of God, sword drawn. And I was frozen in the vehicle. Me and Chris were in a vehicle. Actually, we were stopped at a red light, which was interesting. <laughs> and he appeared and I was frozen. And so was Chris. Like I couldn't move a muscle. My whole body was arrested, you wow. know? Uh, and so when it's the power of God like that, your body arrests. It, it, it knows. Uh, and it saw something coming in back of us. And it literally went over the top of a car like a streak. And it sounds like a sonic boom from a fighter jet. That's how loud, that's how fast they travel. And that's how loud it is. And that's one of the most that I've made public that that I've yeah. seen, that I've had that experience. There, there's others I've made public, but just to, to yeah, pick yeah. one. <clears throat> yeah, good. I've seen one, no, two themes and President Trump, President Trump. In, in his dream. And it actually happened already. Now, the dream the happened before the meaning of. The for the event, the event. yes. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, praise God. The dream happened before Mar-a-Lago. So, oh, good. Wow. Yes, which was interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So would you like to answer that quickly, Marty, before we close? The same question you asked me. Okay. Um, I think probably the most special um, one has been just recent where – Jenny and I both had this experience. I was, I was, um, we had a, you know, we had something happen in the home. It's two o'clock in the morning. I wake up and I wake Jenny up and we take authority over the enemy. We stop the enemy mm -hmm. and some stuff he's trying to do. I, I saw some stuff with the reawaken tour. I saw mm -hmm. some attacks coming to that. Um, we took authority over some demonic spirits and then just the the office of a prophet came in so sweet and two or three times he took me to heaven he took me and saw i saw things and it was just this divine i call it like a dance like we were just a holy ghost waltz it was i would speak and then he would speak and then we both would stop and then jenny would speak and share and we the three of us just had this really interesting powerful night and we took it and we transcribed it and we t called it the night prophecy and just the other day the word of the lord came to me and i'm sitting on the couch and i'm prophesying and i'm recording it, and jenny's sitting there with me and he referred to it he said that was an encounter with me he said i call that your encounter so it was really a special moment because he opened up our next few years and showed us what we were going to do he showed us why we're traveling with the reawakened tour. He showed us our divine assignment that we're called to be a prophet to the church in, in this season. And he showed us so many different things. It, literally, even today, Jenny pulls it up and is reading it, and she'll get a paragraph in, and she's like, he shared so many things in that hour and 20 minutes that night. And so it was just really a very special time because now I have to say the things he called us to do that he revealed they're not something you want to do. <laughs> you know, it's not just something like, oh, I'm so you. excited to go be this minister. No, it's some really hard, challenging things because that's what we we come against 
we come against darkness, you know, and that's where he began to say to me, subtle, 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 how subtle is the darkness of that deep, dark pride and how that darkness has so infiltrated my church. And then he began to reveal to me layer upon layer of the very body of Christ walking in darkness. So now I'm walking around every day in Amanda, every day with this revelation of how he sees his own church. He loves his church, but he's ready to clean some stuff out. And he's called you and I and many of us to stand up and do these things. So it is this huge awe, this holy reverence. Well, it is. Yeah. And this responsibility that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's heavy. I can yeah, tell it's you. Heavy. It's, it's it on is. me right now. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yep. It's Praise heavy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I would say that probably was my, the one that I've, that impacted me the most. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Cool. Praise God. That was amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, praise so the we Lord, Marty. Yeah. It didn't, didn't end up on a good laugh there. I almost had tears in my eyes, but That's so okay. praise the Lord. That's okay. People need to hear this. Yeah. So I'm glad, I'm glad you shared. The Lord has a great plan for the body of Christ, but great adjustments need to be made for the fulfillment of the great plan. It it does. Like a chiropractor, when you go to chiropractor and you get a yeah. hard adjustment yeah, and get things back in alignment, you hear yeah. it and it cracks and it's uncomfortable and it's, but it's necessary. Yeah. So that's what we're looking at. And you know, when everyone leaves the chiropractor with those great loud pops and cracks, they don't talk about the adjustment as much as they do the great loud. They go home and say, honey, you ought to heard how my back popped. Pow, making these noises because it's that, that's what people remember. But the whole time, the father is making these divine adjustments so that the body doesn't have pain. The body can have all the flexibility and do what it's supposed to do as the head is directing it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. This and I believe it too. Many people are praying to me to me about feeling, and I feel it in my body all the time. It's not bam. It's yeah. one tap of time. Yeah. Thank you to all the people who praying to me. Thank you. Yeah, yes, praise thank God. you very much. Praise God. It is a process. I went through it. It is a process because yeah. the Lord wants to make sure it sticks and you never go back. Yeah. Because it'll. Be, that's why Jesus used to tell them it, that um, go and sin no more. Otherwise, worse will happen to you. Yeah, because yeah. when you go through that and you turn back to it, it opens the door so wide for the enemy to just come in and walk all over you in your life. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, praise God. Praise Thank God, Marty. Well, well, it's good show true. tonight. Yes, this has been a wonderful grace out loud. Yeah. It's been and good. we're going to stick to the same schedule. So we were supposed to do it Thursday and I wasn't feeling well, right? When I came back. Yeah. So I asked Marty if we could do it Friday or Monday. So we'll stick to the same schedule which means we would do it next Monday, correct? Yeah, one week from today. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we'll be doing it next Monday to just keep to the schedule. Good, perfect. Okay, all right, good. wonderful. Well, thanks for thanks for seeing. Good to see you guys. Love you. Love you, Marty. Have a good evening. Say hi to Jenny. Sure will. Okay, all right, bye. And this...
concludes Grace Out Loud episode seven. I pray you got a lot out of it. Um, these are always fun to do. We always, even though we teach and minister, we have fun. So we want to thank everyone. Um, we're going to play the uh, commercial after. Like I said, it's going to be at the end uh, completely of the broadcast. So armor up, keep the faith, according to Ephesians 6. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and be about the Lord's business. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. Hello, everyone. This is Amanda Grace, and I wanted to tell you, if you are interested in where you should invest financial matters, if precious metals, if gold and silver is something that you should invest in or should be a part of your portfolio, please go to bh-pm.com. That is bh-pm.com. Beverly Hills Precious Metals. Andrew Sorcini, who has been on Art of Grace before, he loves to answer our viewers' questions, is more than happy to guide you and to answer your questions and to help you in those financial matters. So please go to bh-pm.com today. Thank you, everyone. God bless. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing, you can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all MyPillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes, they have sheets, they have slippers, they of course have pillows, and they even have dog beds. And I will tell you a fun fact, Noble, our pig at the animal sanctuary that many of you know and love, has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you'd like to be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARC. God bless everyone. If you are looking for an excellent doctor, if you are looking to get healthier, if you are looking for guidance, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Dr. Mark Sherwood and his lovely wife, Dr. Michelle, have the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Both myself and my husband, Chris, and let me tell you, God bless Dr. Sherwood because Chris was a tough nut to crack on this. But Chris is finally on board and we are both patients of his. I have to tell you, they have helped us tremendously. They also have an amazing line of products that are excellent for your health and can help you get your health back on track. So if you would like to make an appointment with them or you want to go see uh, what they are all about, what products they have, you can go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that actually for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary. They also have outdoor ones. They actually yield 30% more and grow the vegetables three times faster. So if you would like to learn more, go to amandagracegrows.com. God bless. And I have to tell you something, they work. 
It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very yes. sincere about um, having yes. alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and yeah. I gave them to my uh, VP of operations also, Ronnie. And she said they worked as well. She was yeah. quite shocked actually, but she said they worked so, and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes your brain waves. This one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out and wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> so it's good. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Grace. I'm coming to you today to talk to you about Reawaken America. I have been humbled and honored to be a part of Reawaken America since April 2021, when the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I have to say, I have watched so many amazing moments happen for the glory of God at Reawaken America and seeds get planted in the lives of those that are still seeking the Lord. We have seen many people uh, get set free, healed, delivered. Uh, we love to pray over people at Reawaken America. Um, I have prayed with so many uh, amazing people, which include Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer, Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconado, uh, who also deals in deliverance as well. And it has been uh, an honor and a privilege to pray for so many people, to be able to minister to them, for my husband Chris to be able to minister as well, and uh, for, for Clay and General Flynn to allow me to, to even speak there, to even speak and, and speak what the Lord has to say. People need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. Uh, and so, Reawaken America has been a chance for people to come and not only hear the word of the Lord um, and hear biblical teaching and be prayed for, but also to get necessary information they need because the word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that will set you free. Um, and so it's been an incredible experience for us. We hope to see you at upcoming events uh, that are coming up this year. Uh, and we are excited to see you there. God bless everyone.